Amen. And tell them, amen, I'm ready. I'm ready for what God has for us tonight. Praise God. Praise God. Amen, amen. As was already mentioned, amen, it's so good to have all of our guests and visitors uh, that are here today in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen, we honor you, and uh, we want to encourage you to come and be with us on Sunday. You do not want to miss it. Uh, Reverend Salute Keefley from Berkeley, California. He's a wonderful, wonderful preacher of the gospel and a phenomenal Bible study teacher and, uh, and just doing a great work. And we want to make sure that we're here and bring in somebody to the house of God. And everybody said amen. Hallelujah. Uh, let's remember to pray for all of those that are out on vacation. Uh, I want to give it up to the Whirly, younger Whirlies. They came back from camping uh, because my wife had to be out of town. And they came all the way back just to, just to play music and do some other things. And so uh, definitely thankful for that. If not, you'd have heard me get up here and croak and... Uh, maybe it would have been Sister Bobo and me, and we'd have been going through singing of the Lord. I don't know. We'd have done something. But uh, so grateful for all those that are uh, here today and uh, just looking forward to what the Lord's going to do. And uh, let's be con continue. Please pray for my wife as she returns from Florida uh, in the next couple days. And, uh, and just, amen, let's just be looking forward to what the Lord will do. If you have your Bibles, let's turn open to the book of Jude chapter 1. Jude chapter 1. Praise God. And verse number 20, Jude chapter 1 and verse number 20. The Bible says this, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Everybody say that, praying in the Holy Ghost. Amen. That's what I want to teach to us here tonight. You can set down your Bibles and lift up your hands. And let's pray that God would give us wisdom and understanding, that we would be able to grow in his word and grow in his truth. Hallelujah, Lord, we love you. We thank you today for this wonderful opportunity to gather, to be in your word, God. I pray that you would open up the scriptures that we might understand them. And God, that you would do a work, amen, that would continue to grow in us. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. God bless you. you may be seated for a few moments. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Now, for those that are tired of us talking about prayer, uh, you might as well just buckle up because we're going to be doing it for a little while. And, uh, you know, it comes down to, you know, they say that uh, repetition is the essence of learning. And uh, I think there's something to that where the more we dig in and the more we can grow in prayer, I really believe that that is, that is directly connected, amen, to the church's growth on a numeric level as well. Uh, has anybody been excited about what God's been doing in the last several months? I know that there's a lot of people that are saying, well, coronavirus and all these things and everything's going wrong, but uh, the church hasn't skipped a beat. We might have had to do it online. We might have had to be uh, distanced for a little while, but 
uh, ultimately, after it's all said and done, we've been hitting on prayer all since the beginning of the year. We've had this opportunity when we were away from each other to get on our knees and pray. And guess what God is doing? God is answering prayers. I love that song. He's doing great, great things. Hallelujah. And so I'm grateful for that. But I want us to always remember that our growth on an internal level and an external level is going to be in proportion to our prayer life. We've got to be a praying people. He said, my house shall be called in house of, not preaching, although we preach here, of praise. No, 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 of gossip, definitely not. <laughs> uh, he said, my house shall be called in house of prayer for all people. And uh, if there's anything that we've got to always push towards, and that is, uh, that is praying and seeking the face of God. And so uh, when we talk about prayer, there's many things we've already hit on. We've talked about different modes and methods of prayer. And uh, we've even gone as far as to say, although the Bible does say uh, not to pray certain ways, it would rather you just pray. Uh, in other words, don't be so afraid to just open up your mouth and uh, just begin to talk with God. Because that's all prayer is, is communication. I'll never forget when I first got saved, I, I came around some folks that knew the good old King James English, and everything they, they prayed about was theus, thouest, mayest, maybe. I was, I was confused. I didn't know. They were just, oh, Lord, peradventure, would you? And I didn't know what was going on. Uh, and I thought, man, I'll never be able to pray like that. And I found out real, real quickly God didn't want me to pray like that uh, because uh, I don't speak the King's English. I speak... Uh, I speak American English, and, and sometimes I speak a little ghetto and a little hood, but uh, sometimes it just comes out, and I'm even praying. I'm like, you know, God, and uh, you just, you just got to pray how you pray. And don't be so afraid that you're doing something wrong or you're missing something. I believe that when you pray, if you're doing something wrong, I will tell you that God will begin to open up your understanding. God loves us enough that he does that for us. He's not, he's not going to let somebody continue in error. He's going to, the Bible talks about the Holy Ghost is the spirit of truth that's going to lead and guide us into all truth. And so if you're praying, God's going to lead you. Amen. That's what's happening all across our city. People are starting to hit their knees because they're so confused. They don't know what's going on. And they're beginning to pray. And it's not a perfect prayer. Uh, it's simply, uh, it, maybe it's a prayer of desperation. But God is beginning to speak to people. And God's beginning to draw people. Amen. And that's the will of the Lord. Amen. And so praying is, is, is communication. And, and we're going to get into it eventually that communication goes two ways. Um, but but we are we are going to talk about tonight praying in the Holy Ghost. Now, the first prerequisite to praying in the Holy Ghost, I'm going to give you a deep revelation. You got to have the Holy Ghost. You can't pray in something that you do not yet have. If you have your Bibles, the book of John chapter 3 and verse number 3. This is Nicodemus coming to Jesus by night. And he is asking him, who are you? What did you come to do? What's your purpose? And Jesus avoids that question. And Jesus answered and said to him, verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Skipping down to verse number 5, Nicodemus proves Jesus' point. 
that he's not been he's not been born again. He doesn't understand uh, what Jesus is saying. He thinks he's got to go back into his mother's womb. And Jesus is saying right there, you can't see it, you can't perceive it, because you have yet to be born again. And and Jesus says in verse 5, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto thee, except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Let me say it plain, that if you have yet to be baptized in Jesus' name, and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. It wasn't my words, but it was Jesus' words. He said, you won't even see, amen, the kingdom of God, let alone enter into the kingdom of God. But I got good news. The gospel is good news that every individual has got the opportunity to repent of their sins, to be baptized in Jesus' name, and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Let's clap our hands unto the Lord. Amen. Jesus said that you've got to be born again. Marvel not that I say unto you, he says in verse 7, you must be born again. And then we come to verse number 8. And he begins to describe to him about this being born of the Spirit. Amen. The Bible says the wind blows where it listeth. That's a King's English way of saying the wind blows where it wants. Amen. And hear and you hear the sound thereof, but you cannot tell where it is coming from and where it is going. So is a couple people. So is the uh, the righteous. <laughs> so is the wealthy. So is the educated. So is the ignorant. Let's go to the other side of the spectrum. So is the impoverished. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Jesus is letting Nicodemus know that when you have been born again of the Spirit. You are going to make a sound. There will come a sound out of you. Amen. It will be like a rushing mighty wind. Amen. And you'll know you got the gift of the Holy Ghost when that sound comes out of you. There is a false doctrine in our world that says, I received Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. Amen. And I, I got his spirit. I'm sorry. That's nowhere in your Bible. Amen. That right there came around in the 50s. It's not even, amen, uh, it's not even 100 years old. Amen. And yet people believe that they can just accept something and that they have received it. But yet I've got scripture after scripture after scripture of every individual that received the Holy Ghost. They made a sound because that's exactly what Jesus said. Every Everyone that's born of the Spirit, they're going to make a sound. Oh, somebody clap your hands. If you've received the Holy Ghost, why don't you thank him for that wonderful gift? Amen. Acts chapter 2 and verse number 4. Don't have time here today uh, to do a Bible study all on the new birth. Amen. We have one of those on Facebook. Uh, we can definitely sit down with you and talk about it. Uh, I'd love to teach you a Bible study and help you understand this a little further if you have any questions. Amen. But suffice it to say, uh, he tells them to wait in Jerusalem till they be endued with power from on high, till they receive the promise of the Father, that they would receive his spirit. Amen. That same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. And verse number 4, after the day of Pentecost is fully come, they're all in one place with one accord. And the Bible says, suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Amen. Jesus said, look for a sound. And I want you to notice how this sound came. As a rushing mighty wind. And the Bible says it filled all the house where they were sitting. 
And there appeared to them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. Get ready for verse number four. And they were all filled. A couple of them, one, one of them got that gift of the Holy Spirit, and the other people didn't have that gift. Uh, it was just about 15% of them, they had that gift. No, 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 no. The Bible says they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, how do we know they got the Holy Ghost? Amen. The Bible says they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Amen. Jesus said it, that when you get the Holy Ghost, you're going to speak Amen. In another language. Amen. It was prophesied all the way back. Amen. In the Old Testament. Amen. With, a, with stammering lips and an unknown tongue will I speak to this people. Many, many prophecies have been stating forth to this point. Amen. That there was going to be a sound. Amen. All the way back. You can go back to Babel where God confounds the language. And there is, there is now a disunification of people. But now when God goes to create one race, there's no longer dispersing of races. But now there's a unification. Amen. Now the Bible. Bible says there's neither Jew nor Greek, bond nor free, male nor female. Why? Because we've all been made to drink of one spirit. Amen. When God gave you the gift of the Holy Ghost, uh, you threw all of your identification out of the window, and all of a sudden you begin. It doesn't matter what your native tongue was. Uh, when God fills you with the Holy Ghost, you start speaking in the kingdom language. You start speaking in a heavenly language. It's not something you know, not something you learned in school, not something you studied, but it's as the Spirit gave them utterance. Oh, somebody clap your hands and give him praise. Amen. Well, that was for the Jews. I don't have time here today, but you can go to Acts chapter 8, amen, when you get home, and you'll find that there were Samaritans, half Jew and half pagan. And the Bible says that they received the gift of the Holy Ghost. And we can see that Simon the sorcerer saw what was going on, and he saw something happen. He heard something. Amen. They were speaking in other tongues. Well, okay, maybe it's for those that have a little Jewish blood running through their veins. You can go to Acts chapter 10, and you will find that there are Gentiles. They don't have any bit of Jewish blood running through their veins. And the Bible says that while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them. Amen. And they began to speak with tongues. Can I tell you, when you get the Holy Ghost, you're going to speak in a heavenly language. Amen. Jesus said, he that believeth on me as the scriptures has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Can I tell you about this Holy Ghost? This Holy Ghost is not a stagnant pond. This Holy Ghost is not a reservoir. This Holy Ghost is a river that flows. It's a fluent language. It's a fluid language. It flows out of you, and you don't know where it came from or where it's going. And so is everyone that's born of the Spirit. Somebody clap your hands and magnify him. Amen. I still get excited. It's been 18 years this August uh, that I got filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, uh, and I'm still excited about it. I didn't know one verse, Brother Jonathan, uh, but I came to an old altar, and I lifted up my hands, uh, and I started speaking in a heavenly language that nobody taught me. Hallelujah. It went beyond my ethnicity. It went beyond my language that I already knew. It went beyond my bloodline. It went beyond all of that. And God redeemed me and he sealed me with his spirit of promise. Acts 19, what if I, I've gone to church my whole life? I'm a believer. Okay. The Bible says that Paul, having passed through the upper coast of Ephesus, finding certain disciples, he found believers. And the first question he asked them is, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? I think that's a good question. 
If you want to know how to outreach and how to win somebody and how to get them into a Bible study, you don't need to know a whole lot of verses. I think you probably should learn some, but you don't need to know a whole lot. All you got to do is say, man, you, 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 you go to church, great. Let me ask you a question. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? I'm not going to discount where you're at, but I'm going to tell you there's more for you. There's more for you. And if you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost, uh, it's a gift. Why wouldn't you want it? And they say, we don't even, we've never even heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. Let me just tell you here for a moment. I wouldn't go to any church that doesn't believe in the Holy Ghost. First off, it's not a church. Amen. Because Jesus builds his church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against his church. And he said, everybody's got to be born again. Marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again of water and of spirit. And so when we look at that, I wouldn't go to anybody that says, well, there's no such thing as a Holy Ghost. Amen. In fact, that's a dangerous thing. Amen. Because Jesus died, he was buried, and he rose again. We repent, we die to sin. We are buried with him by baptism, and we receive the Holy Ghost, and we walk in newness of life. There's so many people that their religion dies with Jesus still hanging on a cross. I'm, I'm sorry to tell you, Jesus is not, he's not on a cross anymore. He's not in the tomb anymore. In fact, he ascended on high, and he that ascended led captivity captive. Well, somebody clap your hands and give God praise. They said we've never even heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. I think that's interesting. It's sad, but we think, and I've heard this before, I evangelized for, for many years, and I went through the South, and they just said, well, everybody thinks they're saved. You'd be shocked how many people have never even heard of the Holy Ghost. They have no clue about the Holy Ghost. And if you just begin to tell them, you know, uh, we were talking with Sister Cookie uh, on, on Sunday, and we went to eat with the Lavins and Sister Cookie, and, and she might watch this later, I'm not going to embarrass her, um, but she, the, the Bubbles brought her to church and, and uh, taught her Bible study, and and, and she, she, she just says that it was so incredible because she got baptized in water. And we told her about the Holy Ghost. We told her that you, you'll receive the Holy Ghost. And she goes, well, how, how do I know? How, how am I going to get it? And all, she had never heard of it. She never heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. But we put her down in that water. And Sister Bubba, when she came up out of that water, you were there. Was she not speaking in another language? She's bilingual, but she became trilingual. Oh, somebody ought to shout. She was bilingual, but all of a sudden she started speaking in another language. And it didn't come from man. It didn't come from a bloodline. It came from heaven. And she'd never even heard of it. She'd never even heard of the Holy Ghost. She didn't know all the verses yet. She, she'd, not, she'd only been in a few Bible studies. But you better believe it that when she came up out of that water, God filled her with the Holy Ghost. And we knew it because she spoke in a heavenly language. They said, we've never even heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And then he tells them, well, how have you been baptized? I won't go into all that. Uh, they were baptized wrong. He rebaptized him in the name of Jesus Christ. He laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. And we know they received the Holy Ghost because they, man, y'all are educated. I love it. Now go educate somebody else that doesn't know. Hallelujah. Let, what do you say? Let's just educate our whole city about the Holy Ghost. That's revival right there. Amen. And so you got to have the Holy Ghost if you're going to pray in the Holy Ghost. And how do you know you got the Holy Ghost? You'll speak in other tongues. But let me just say this for a moment. The Holy Ghost is not a one-time event. It is, not, uh, it is not where we all circle around one person on the altar with our ears as close as we can to their lips trying to find out whether they, we're the tongue police. 
No, 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 no. In fact, I got a verse for you later. The Bible says that tongues are a sign to the unbeliever. It should shock them. It shocked Sister Cookie. She came out of the water. She's, what is this? Uh, amen. We didn't have to get down and go, well, is it, is, is it happening? Well, when somebody really gets a Holy Ghost, uh, amen, God starts taking over and they yield to God, they're going to know. They may not understand it, but they'll know God's doing something. Amen. They know that now all of a sudden it was an experience they could not get at any other religion. They couldn't get it in any other, amen, any other uh, denominal church, amen, that just, amen, is nothing more than humanism wrapped up with a couple scriptures. Amen. They, they, they get the Holy Ghost and something begins to shift on the inside of them. But that Holy Ghost experience is not just one time at an altar and it's not just when you come to church. My Bible says, but ye beloved, building up your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. God didn't give you his spirit just so you and I, amen, could speak in tongues, amen, once in a while. But God gave it to us so that we could pray in it. Amen. Uh, Romans chapter 8 and verse number 8. The Bible says, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. We talked about this a little bit last week, that the carnal mind is the enemy of God. Well, what's the answer to a carnal mind? And uh, I got an answer for you right here. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. If you've received the Holy Ghost, you now have the answer to a carnal mind. And that's to be spiritually minded. Now, now for those that say, well, I don't think I need the Holy Ghost. That's just a gift for a few people. It was just in the Bible. I got, I got a verse for you right here. Keep reading. And the Bible says, and if Christ be in you. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's let go back up one verse. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Well, I go to church. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, you're none of his yet. But you can have it. <laughs> you can have it. If you don't have, well, I, well I, I, I sing at the denominal church. If you don't have the Spirit, you are none of his. Well, I, 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 you know, I've been paying tithes to the televangelist. If you have not the Spirit, you are none of his. You've got to have the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Amen. But the Bible says, and if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. Now, that's a good old-fashioned way of saying that when you repented of your sins and you were baptized, elder, you died. And you are dead. You have absolutely, you have died, you are dead, do not resuscitate. But the Bible talks about that that spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, it dwells in you. And you are, you are now a new creature in Christ. And now you are able to walk, you are able to move, you are reanimated, you are regenerated. Amen. You are no longer what you were. Amen. But now you have the Spirit of God dwelling in you. And now, amen, though that there's still this flesh around you. Amen. Now there's still that carnal nature around you. Amen. It's the Spirit of God inside. The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. And he's right there on the inside saying, take a left. Uh, take a right. Yeah. He's on the inside saying, hey, don't go that direction. Hey, let's pray for a moment. Hey, let's repent. Let's go to the altar. Let's go to church. Hallelujah. Amen. So you got to have the Holy Ghost. You have your Bibles, 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 4. I'm going to teach us here today. I just had to take about 20 minutes to talk about the Holy Ghost because I think, I think we always need to talk about the Holy Ghost. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and 4. 
The Bible says, He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself, but he that prophesieth edifieth the church. I would that you all spake with tongues, but rather that you prophesy. For greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interpret the church may receive edifying. Now, I'm going to take this, and, and we're not talking about the gifts of the Spirit yet. We're going to go and we're going to do a whole series on the gifts of the Spirit. But there's many people that would utilize and abuse this verse, and they would say, well, you, you see, not everybody uh, speaks with tongues. That's not what Paul is saying in this moment. Uh, in fact, he talks about it. He starts the whole chapter off saying now concerning spiritual gifts. You can't have spiritual gifts without first getting the Spirit. <laughs> you got to have the Spirit to have spiritual gifts. And so... Uh, he's talking to a church that has already gone through the gospel, death, burial, resurrection, repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And we've already seen that when you get the Holy Ghost, you speak in other. Okay, but he's talking about something different. And this is in the very similar context where he starts talking about let everything be done decently and in order. But he's trying to help people understand the difference between praying in the natural and praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Spirit. And he said, I, I, would, I would love that everybody could just pray in the Holy Ghost and that everybody was always on that level, that everybody just walked around speaking in tongues and just lived on that spiritual plane of existence. Unfortunately, we're human. <laughs> and uh, there's times where he begins to talk about as we um, skip down to verse number 14. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth. But my understanding is unfruitful. Now, when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you're going to be praying in tongues. And, and, and some call it their prayer language. That's not what that's intended to be, just a prayer language. It's, it's much more than that. Amen. We'll talk about that at another time. But, uh, but suffice it to say, when he prays, when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you will be speaking in other tongues. And he is letting them know that, that there, is, there are some upsides to each of these. When you pray in tongues, there's a negative, which is your understanding is unfruitful. That doesn't mean your prayer is unfruitful. There's a big difference. You may not understand what you're saying, but God understands what's going on. You may not see what's happening in that moment, but something's happening in that moment. And so your understanding might be unfruitful, but your prayer certainly isn't. He says, what is it then? What should I do if my, if my understanding is, is, is unfruitful and, and, and if, if I pray in tongues and, and I don't really get anything out of it, what should I do? What is it then? He said, I will pray with the Spirit and I will pray with understanding also. I know people that, that they, they just walk around speaking in tongues. And, uh, and now I, I don't always know if it's the Spirit giving the utterance or if it's just a, a tick they got because maybe they've got some things going on. I don't know. But, but I do know there's some people that just walk in the prayer room and they've been carnal all week and they just start jabbering out in tongues. And just, I don't know if that's the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm not the Holy Ghost police, but, but I think that, that what Paul is saying is, is you've got to have a balance. You've got to have a moment where you do what we've been teaching about for six months and you hit your knees and say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Our Father, revelation of relationship. 
Amen. You start going down these things, and you start you start praying to God in your understanding. Amen. That's why Jesus, uh, uh, James said, you have not because you ask not. We preached about that a couple weeks ago. Uh, and, and, and I'm sorry, but sometimes when you just only pray in the Spirit, uh, you've never just asked. You never just opened up and said, God, this is what I want. And you don't, if you didn't ask it in English or Spanish or Thai or whatever your native language is, amen, you won't really know what to expect. And so Paul is saying you got to pray in the Spirit, but you also got to pray with understanding. He said, I'll sing in the Spirit, and I will sing with understanding also. Else when thou shalt bless with the Spirit, how shall he that occupieth the room of the unlearned say amen at the giving of thanks? Now, that's another story for another time, but uh, that's when you come and, and you're trying to, uh, it, it's kind of one of those deals where if you're going to pray for somebody, uh, don't just start shouting out in tongues at them uh, and, and the visitors. And let me just stop for a moment and just talk about this. We believe in laying on of hands. We believe in praying for people. Uh, but when somebody visits the church, don't just walk over and shock them on them. Y'all have seen that. Everybody here has seen that. If you haven't seen it, you've experienced it. And, uh, and so don't just, don't just walk up. And, and the Bible even says don't lay hands suddenly on anybody. And, and so uh, there's some people, they just don't have a lot of understanding. And they got a lot of zeal. But the Bible says they don't have it according to knowledge. And what they'll do is they'll just come up and they'll just start speaking in tongues real loud in somebody's ear and shaking them. Uh, you don't have the back rub ministry. That, there is no ministry in the church called the back rub ministry. You don't have to go and, and shout in their ear. It's okay. Just remember that it doesn't matter how loud you speak in tongues. Amen. If God gives them the Holy Ghost, amen, he's going to give them the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And so, so when you pray for somebody, it's probably best to use a language you both understand. And so he says, seeing that his understanding, uh, not what thou sayest, for verily, uh, so for thou verily givest thanks, but the other is not edified. Uh, and then Paul says this as a little caveat because there's so many people that they want to cherry pick some of these verses and go, see, we shouldn't speak in tongues. That's not what Paul said. I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with understanding. In other words, I will pray, and I will speak in tongues, and I will pray in the Holy Ghost, and I will also pray in English. Some other folks say, I pray in Spanish. Other folks, I, I pray in Thai. Some other folks, they pray in other languages, whatever that might be for you. Amen. That's something you understand. And so you pray, amen, in the Holy Ghost, but you also pray in the natural. But then Paul puts this for all those that say, well, you don't really need all that. I thank my God I speak in tongues more than you all. For those that say that speak in tongues of the devil, Paul must have been of the devil. He was a real big devil. He spoke in tongues more than all the church of Corinth. Amen. I want that to be said of this church. We speak in tongues more than y'all. <laughs> Praise God. And, 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 and praying in the Holy Ghost, you've got to start by praying uh, in English <laughs> or Spanish or whatever your native language is. Uh, Paul, Paul was simply letting them know uh, that it is, it is more preferable that when you come into a group setting and you are praying for an individual and you're trying to do it where it will edify He's saying it is preferable that you speak in a language everybody understands. But when you go to pray, and it's just you and God, that's what he later talks about, that, that if, if there is no interpreter, that you just pray in the Holy Ghost, you just pray in tongues, and you just do it between you and God. That's another type of just praying in the Holy Ghost, just you and God. And, uh, and so there's a need to pray in the natural, but there's also a need to pray in the Holy Ghost, to pray in the Spirit. Paul would put it this way, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels. I speak in the tongues of the earthly, and I speak in the tongues of the heavenly. 
Amen. There's there's got to be that. Uh, there's got to be both of those. Amen. Uh, so let's go on to something else. First Corinthians chapter twelve and verse number three. The Bible says, "Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost." And let's flip over to Galatians chapter five and verse fifteen. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. This I say then, walk in the spirit that you should not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. They're jockeying for position. And these things are contrary the one to the other. So you cannot do the things that you would. All what we talked about last week, Paul's fight with his flesh in Romans chapter 7. Amen. But I simply want to tell you that, that we do need to pray in the Holy Ghost, and we got to pray in the natural. But I came to pastor for a moment and tell you uh, that, that don't, don't speak in tongues if you're going to devour your brother. Don't speak in tongues if you curse in English. Now, I don't mean that in the sense of don't pray. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying there's people that want to act spiritual, but they're not really spiritual. They, they want to speak in tongues and, 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 and look like the most spiritual in front of everyone else. But when it comes down to their brother, when it comes down to somebody else, amen, that they, they, they will even go as far as to curse God, if you will. They'll begin, to, uh, they'll begin to come to church, and then their lifestyle does not live up with what God is doing. Now, I'm not saying that this is talking about people that are trying. I'm talking about people that, that, that they want to look spiritual, but they don't want to live spiritual. And there's a total difference there. Amen. And so uh, make sure that if you're going to pray in the Holy Ghost, you pray in the Holy Ghost to the effect that, that the Holy Ghost does what it's supposed to do. Convict the world of sin, of righteousness. Okay, what, it, what is all of that? It leads you, it guides you, it corrects you, it convicts you. The Holy Ghost has got a whole other thing. We'll study all about it at another time. But it's got these multifaceted things that go around. And, and what will happen is God will lead you, God will guide you, God will convict you. But you got to make sure that when you're praying in the Holy Ghost, you yield to that. You listen to that. Because I, I know people that, they, that they, they seem to have it all together on Sunday. But come Monday morning, they're cussing the boss out. And they seem to have it together at Wednesday night Bible study. But then they're, uh, they're hitting their wife. And, and there's all these things that we've got to look at. We've got to make sure that we are truly, amen, full of the Holy Ghost through and through. That doesn't mean there's not a fight. Amen, there's a fight. The flesh is lusting after the spirit, spirit after the flesh. Amen. Let's talk about praying in the Holy Ghost because that's what I want to do for just a few moments. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 18. Praying in the Holy Ghost should give you the power over your flesh. It should not enable your flesh. If you are praying in the Holy Ghost and it is not affecting the way you live, you are not praying in the Holy Ghost. Amen. If it doesn't affect the way you talk to other people, you are not praying in the Holy Ghost. If it does not affect your attitude, you are not praying in the Holy Ghost. I don't know what you're praying in, but it certainly isn't the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost should make you sweeter. <laughs> Hallelujah. You shouldn't pray in the Holy Ghost and then come out of the prayer room sucking on a lemon. You should come out of that prayer room with a smile on your face, ready to serve God. Hallelujah. Ephesians 2 and 18, for through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. 
You have access to everything that was denied in the Old Testament. You have access to everything that God is capable of doing through the Holy Ghost. Through prayer. Amen. You have access to everything God is able to do. And now, you, you've got access granted, but you've got to be willing to use that access. I used to have a, at the bank, they gave us key cards. Maybe in a future building we'll have these or something, little key fobs. And you are only allowed with your key fob to get access to certain doors, certain rooms, uh, depending on your clearance level. I know there's some military gentlemen here have something very similar. And you only had so much access, so much clearance, and, and, and you could only go so far. Well, when you got the Holy Ghost, you got access to everything. You got access to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. You need healing? Take that little spiritual key fob, pray in the Holy Ghost, and, and go into that door and say, by his stripes, we are healed. I wish somebody would shout unto the Lord. Hallelujah. You just got to take that access. You got to be willing to utilize that access. But so many people, they want to stay in the shallows. They want to stay. You don't get access, amen, being carnal. You get access by the spirit of the living God. You get access by praying in the Holy Ghost. At Romans chapter 8 and verse 26. I want to help some folks here today, give you a little encouragement. Well, well, Pastor, I'm trying. I'm struggling. All right. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. I thank, I thank God for that because he knows just how human I am. He knows just how messed up we all are. Amen. And, and we, he knows that the only way we get access is by the Spirit of God. And when we begin to pray, we might be praying in our natural. We might be praying at the best of our ability. We might be praying with what we understand and with what we know. But when the Holy Ghost begins to move and you move out of the shallow, you move out of that just ankle water to the knee water to the waist water till it's waters to swim in and you are swimming in the power of the Holy Ghost, that spirit of God begins to help your infirmities. And all the areas you were deficient, God's spirit begins to help help you out. Oh, somebody ought to clap their hands. This is in direct relation to what we're talking about tonight. When you begin to pray and then the Spirit of God begins to take over and you start going from praying in the natural, praying in the understanding, and you move over to where now you're praying in the Holy Ghost and maybe you don't understand and your understanding is unfruitful. There are some very fruitful things that are happening in that moment. For we know not what we should pray as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. I know there's been times where I've prayed in my understanding and I've had to say, God, my language is it's a barrier and it can only take me so far and I can only go so deep and then all of a sudden the Spirit of God begins to move and all of a sudden I start praying, amen, in another language. I start praying in the Holy Ghost Church. It wasn't just something you received 25 years ago at an altar, three months ago, three years ago at an altar but when you got the Holy Ghost, you got the Comforter. When you got the 
the Holy Ghost, you got the spirit of truth. When you got the Holy Ghost, you got the convictor. When you got the Holy Ghost, you got the convincer. When you got the Holy Ghost, you got the one, the paraclete that comes alongside and helps out your infirmities. And when you can't pray enough in your language, he takes over and he begins to make intercession with you and through you and for you. Oh, somebody clap your hands. Let's lift up our hands and let's pray all across this building. Come on, when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you may not understand what's happening, but something is shifting. Something is happening. God is working through you. Brother Lavin, I fear that we've gotten away from this. Not, not just us. I'm talking about as a whole because we want to be more, more relevant. I don't know how that makes us more relevant when we ignore the Spirit of God. But I think there's, there's got to be a, a time where we just, we just get lost in the Holy Ghost. You know, I, I don't know if anybody remembers uh, being slain in the Holy Ghost. I remember that. Nobody preached about it. Nobody told me. But I just remember somebody laying hands on me and I was out. I was speaking another language. I remember being in my in my house, amen, when I was just in my, uh, I was about 19 years old, and I remember just praying in my understanding, and then all of a sudden, amen, suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled that little room. There was nobody else around, uh, but I woke up a couple hours later, uh, and I was speaking in other tongues. Uh, I couldn't even come back to English. Uh, I want to tell you that church, we are an apostolic church, uh, amen. We receive the Holy Ghost, uh, and that means that we don't just receive it once, uh, Amen. But when we pray, we can pray in the Holy Ghost. Amen. And God begins to move and God begins to affect things. You want to affect your family on another level? Amen. Outside of what you are capable of, pray in the Holy Ghost. You want to affect our city? Amen. Outside what we are capable of, we do the natural. God does the supernatural. We got to pray in the Holy Ghost. Because as we pray in the Holy Ghost, and I'm going to talk about intercession, amen, in a couple weeks, and we're going to go into a full detail about it, amen. But, but when you pray in the Holy Ghost, amen, you may not know it. You may have started out praying and saying, uh, uh, thank you, Jesus, for this food. But all of a sudden, when you start praying, amen, and you really get in the Holy Ghost, you get lost in the Spirit of God, amen. What you don't know, amen, is that all of a sudden you start praying, uh, amen, God, I pray for Jim right now that's on this bar on the, on the corner of Second, and you don't even know what you're praying, amen. But the angels are going towards Jim, and they're starting to work on him, and the Spirit of God's drawing him. Can I tell somebody, amen, when the church starts praying in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost starts getting activated. We get access, and it gets activated, and something begins to shift. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Somebody ought to clap their hands. Oh, somebody ought to lift up your hands, and let's pray. In the name of Jesus. Come on, let's lift up our voice, and let's pray. Come on, I'm, I'm, I'm just about done teaching right here, but I want us to pray right now. We've got to get back to that place where we pray in the Holy Ghost. Amen. I'm not, I'm not coming to church. Amen. To check Facebook. I'm not coming to church. Amen. To get on my phone and send text messages. But I'm getting here so I can pray and I can do what the old timers used to call pray through. Pray through my flesh. Pray through my bad attitude. Pray through my preconceived ideas. Pray through into the impossible. Pray through into to the Holy Ghost. Oh, somebody stand and lift up your hands. Come on, church. It's accessible to us. We have access. Amen to everything the Father can do. Amen when we begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Amen. You, you wonder about that lost loved one? I want to encourage you. Pray in the Holy Ghost and just see what God will do. Amen. See what will start to change. Amen. As you pray in a heavenly language, start watching what changes on earth.
Oh, somebody pray. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. When's the last time that you got lost in the Holy Ghost? When's the last time you just couldn't just... You just couldn't speak in English anymore because God's spirit was moving on you. I'm, I'm telling you, there's something powerful about when God starts moving. Amen. And we pray through. There's things that I couldn't defeat until I prayed through. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16. You don't have to turn there. Just keep standing. I'm sorry. First, 2 Corinthians 3, 17. Now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There's a liberty that comes when you pray in the Holy Ghost that you can't have when you're just mumbling, <laughs> doing the best you can. No, there's something that happens when the Spirit of the Lord begins to move and you operate in that spirit. Ephesians 3 and 16, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to the strengthening, to be strengthened with the might by his spirit in the inner man. When you pray in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Praying in the Spirit, praying in the Holy Ghost. Amen. It, it, it infuses us on an internal level with strength to overcome every external obstacle. When you pray in the Holy Ghost, uh, amen, it does for you. It helps out your infirmities and your deficiencies and your inabilities when you pray in the Holy Ghost. Galatians 5 and 22, the Bible says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. There's no speed limit on how much love you can have. But guess how it comes? Through the Spirit. you got to pray in the Spirit. You know, there's people you can tell, amen, that, that they always got a bad attitude. I want to tell you what it really is. got to pray through. Because <laughs> the fruits don't come through the flesh. In fact, the verses before talk about the works of the flesh. you got to actually, you, it's a work, amen. And the Bible says we're not saved by works, amen. you got to get out of the works. you got to get out of the flesh, and you got to get in the spirit, amen. If you don't feel like you got enough love for, for the people around you, you got to get in the Holy Ghost and start praying. If you don't feel like you got enough joy, amen, it's not take another antidepressant. you got to get in the... <laughs> If you don't feel like you got enough patience when you're sitting in traffic, you need to pray in the Holy Ghost until you get it. If you don't feel like there's enough goodness in your life, uh, there's no speed limit on it. You just got to pray in the Holy Ghost and watch God begin to deposit. There's many things I don't have time. The Bible says it's, it's, it's written, eye has not seen, ear hath not heard, neither has it entered in the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit, we've got to have the Holy Ghost, and we've got to pray in the Holy Ghost. Amen. All the things that, well, I just don't see how it's possible. I just don't know how. I just don't know if God could. You've got to pray through your flesh. You've got to pray through your carnal mind. Amen. You've got to pray through, amen, I'm preaching to myself. You've got to pray through your logical mind until you pray through the Holy Ghost, and then all of a sudden you start seeing things that eye has not seen. You start hearing things that ear has not not heard uh, and you start feeling things that never entered into the heart of man amen because God's already prepared it but he starts revealing it when you pray in the Holy Ghost oh I wish somebody would clap their hands amen. finally 
I, I could read all those verses. You, you got to go home and you got to read Second Corinthians or First Corinthians two. It's incredible. It talks about comparing the spiritual things with the spiritual. Amen. People that they 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 only see the natural. They only see what's wrong. You only see the problems. They haven't prayed through. You've got to get to the place where you you you, you things are starting to be spiritually discerned. And, and I, there's a difference between eyesight and discernment. Everybody that's in this building, I hope if you if you don't have good eyesight, we could pray for you and believe God will heal you. But everybody here's got two eyes. Everybody can see what is, right? Everybody has the, the logical, but when you start praying and discernment starts showing, you, you start understanding, amen, a little bit deeper about what's really going on, right? So it's kind of the moment where, where you, you, you think, man, I just have a bad attitude today, but all of a sudden you pray through the Holy Ghost and God goes, there's actually a root that goes real deep. And he starts showing you where that root is so he can do exactly what he said. Amen. The axe is laid to the root. And when you pray through the Holy Ghost, he starts mending things on the internal. What happened to you, amen, 25 years ago, God starts mending it on an internal level. God starts helping you, amen, understand and comprehend better than any counselor. You don't need another psychologist and a psychiatrist. you got to pray in the Holy Ghost. And when you pray in the Holy Ghost, amen, he is the wonderful counselor. The mighty God, the Prince of Peace, the everlasting Father. Finally, Brother Dixon, Revelation chapter 1, verse 10. I'm done, right here. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And then Jesus begins to show up and start saying, I'm Alpha and I'm Omega. I'm the beginning and the end. I'm the first and the last. I'm he that liveth and was dead. There was revelations that start coming to John that he would have never got if he had just stayed in the shallows. Mind you, John is on the island of Patmos. He's been exiled. He's been boiled in oil. He's barely alive. But John said, I'm not going to let that stop me from praying in the Holy Ghost. And I got one question. When Jesus comes back, amen, and there's another trumpet, a different kind of trumpet, and he comes back, will there be an apostolic church in Carson City that is in the spirit? On the day of the Lord, that great day when we will meet him in the sky, in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. You want to know what church he's coming back for? A church without spot or wrinkle or blemish. And the only way that happens is when you get in the Holy Ghost, when you get in the Spirit, and you pray through. Oh, somebody lift up your hands. In the name of Jesus, I'm done teaching. But we need to go a little deeper. God, when you come in uh, and into my life, when you come into my world, uh, I want to be praying in the Holy Ghost. Come on, church, that's it. Let's pray. I want to open up this altar. Would you come? Would you come to this, this front area and begin to pray? And I want us to go a little deeper. If maybe you just... You pray five minutes, I want you to pray six. Whatever you can do, and just begin to pray through. Pray through, amen, the natural. Pray through the normal. Pray through the ordinary. If you want to turn your chair into an altar, I want you to begin to pray through the carnal mind. I want you to pray through the natural man. I want you to pray all the way through it and say, God, I got to go beyond the flesh. I got to move into the spirit 
And God, if you're here today and you don't have the Holy Ghost, I want you to begin to repent of your sins and begin to pray and say, God, if you said it's a gift, if you said it's a promise, if you said everybody's that born again is going to speak in other tongues, I want to receive it because I want to go to that next level. Come on, that's it. Let's, let's pray in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.